1: From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Locked on Chiefs. I am Chris Clark. He is Matt Derrick. We're going to be talking right now about the Indianapolis combine that's coming up, the scouting combine that's coming up next week. And we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, Chiefs roster turnover once we come back from the break. But, Matt, you are going to be at the Combine. I'm sure you're really looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, there's just not quite as much turnaround time as usual for this thing. You usually get a little bit more breather from
1: the end of the season. So. Oh, come on. You can't be that upset about that.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a little tongue-in-cheek. I mean, I'm, not, I'm, I'm smiling <laughs> a little bit talking about that. Uh, it's a good problem to have about why, you know, there's not as much time. But still, at the same point, yeah. You'd like a little bit more maybe, you know, three weeks between Super Bowl and, you know, end of the season and the combine. But, hey, you got to roll with the punches.
1: Well, and it's crazy because you, you actually mentioned that and I did not even thought about this uh, until you just mentioned that. But they're talking about with the new CBA possibly moving the Super Bowl back to President's Day weekend. Uh, so that's going to throw things off completely if they do that.
0: Yeah, I mean, that could that could that could change a whole lot of things. I mean, because if you if you do that and you don't push anything back, then you're really kind of putting things, you know, I mean, and part of, you know, the way that the NFL structures it's offseason is that they got something going on about every month. And if you push back the Super Bowl, you got to think that you're going to push back the combine, which then are you going to push back free agency, too? I mean, there's a lot of moving parts to that. And, And 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 there's a lot of changes this year with the combine. I don't know how much you've seen about it, and, yep. and, and we got some of the schedule this week that's that's affecting at least the media standpoint because they're moving all these workouts to prime time, so you can come home at night and watch everything on NFL Network. If watching guys, you know, lift weights and run three cone drills is really your thing, and, you know, and you,
1: hopefully keep their clothes on, and pull exactly the the entire thing.
0: nothing, nothing splashes out or anything. You're running, running, running the forty. Um but I, on top of that they're they're condensing everything. So um you're going to hear a lot from the media from in the stories between Tuesday and Friday because that's when all of the player availability is. Um it's all condensed in this really short period of time. Um it's all in the morning. I mean usually in the past years it's been morning and afternoon and staggered schedules and kind of drags out for the entire week. Now it's just it's all in the morning, um very condensed schedule. So you're still going to hear a lot coming out of the combine from the players, uh, coaches, and general managers are going to be there on Tuesday, so there's still be a lot. It's just going to come out a little bit differently, and so you're probably going to see a little bit of the coverage change as well. And it's really going to be intriguing to see how the whole prime time thing works out, and uh, especially how it pertains to what really goes on at the combine, which is the the networking and the partying, because usually, you know, hey, it's all these NFL personnel guys. This is their convention. I mean, they go out and and they work all day at the combine. And then you got to go out, you know, the St. Elmo's and get your dinner and all of that. Now you got to work at night, too. I don't know how they're going to handle that.
1: That's definitely going to be a change. And, you know, honestly, you bring up you brought up a good point earlier. You start talking about condensing the schedule. I mean, if they do move the the Super Bowl back two weeks, uh, you know, at that point, you have to move the combine. And you would think you would honestly have to move free agency is as well. Uh, And it is, I will say it's always been interesting to me that free agency is before the, uh, before the NFL draft. And because I would think that's, you know, at that point uh, it would be better and you could maybe try to fill some holes better. But at at the same time for the players, I understand why they'd want it the way it is.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the weird thing because, you know, free agency, I mean, the teams and the players really want to know where they're going to be earlier as possible, because that's how you get a head start. I mean, you know, coming in, even in March, you're really not, you know, in with the team until offseason workouts begin in April. And then you're really not on the field, you know, doing any practicing until you get into June. Um, now, some of that wouldn't change with, you know, you had free agency earlier. I mean, you're still going to have that same same problem. But if everything gets pushed back, it's just going to compress that time that guys coming into the organization's have to work. And I mean, and I think we already see a lot of strain from free agents who come in and and still don't have enough time to get acclimated and maybe are not as productive in their first year with new teams as they could be.
1: Well, it's definitely going to be something that's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out and see what they end up doing uh, because there are, could be a lot of changes coming with this new CBA, especially with the 17 game season. But when we get back, I do want to go into the chiefs roster and dive a little bit deeper than we did yesterday and start talking about the fluctuation that could happen with this Chiefs roster this season. Guys, let's talk about sex. Good sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for, deal for our listeners. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use promo code locked on. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's bluechew.com, blue com. promo code locked on to try it for free. Bluechew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast.
2: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, so when you start looking at the Chiefs roster and you start looking at all the free agents that they have, there are going to be some big changes regardless of whether or not they want to have them.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, in addition to just some big names going on and being free agents this year as it is, um, they're going to have some tough decisions to make. And remember, I mean, even, even with the Super Bowl team, there's still the usual turnover. So... It would not be surprising at all if you know you're just looking at the 53 guys who were on the you know active roster ending the season. You're still going to have 15 or 20 new faces. Some of them will be guys maybe who are on injured reserve. Some will be free agents. Some will be draft picks. But uh, even for for a championship team, there's still going to be plenty of turnover on this squad.
1: Absolutely, and then you start looking at. You know, all the different positions that can change. I mean, one of the biggest ones that we're going to have to figure out in this offseason is Kansas City has to go figure out what they're going to do at the corner position. Cause right now you have two guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, Ward will be back and he'll have his LASIK surgery that he was going to have this year. Uh, and I will admit that that was a very odd timing for that to come out, uh, that he needed to have that, but Ward will be back and then you'll have Fenton back. But who knows what's going to happen with Fuller and Breland and you know all the rest of the corners at this point?
0: Yeah, because you got to figure a guy like Bashad Breland, especially, um, is going to hit the market in pretty good value range. Um, still, you know what? He's, he's still pretty young. I mean, twenty eight. I mean, that's that's still young enough to get a deal. And you look at the what he signed for with Carolina a couple of years ago before that deal got voided. I mean, I, I he he wants to get paid. I mean, this is his time to get the bags. So. Coming off a championship season, uh, he's absolutely got to cash in, which, with everything else that the Chiefs have got to get done, I think it makes it more difficult for him to come back. Uh, Kendall Fuller is really a different player now. I'm not even sure that you would say that Kendall Fuller is a full time cornerback.
1: Well, no, that's true too.
0: That doesn't really necessarily fit into what you want to do there. Um, Maybe, you know, there's a sleeper. Maybe it's Alex Brown who, you know, came up on the active roster into the season. He's a young guy that they like. Um, but corner is going to be absolutely a position that chiefs are going to be investing in during the combine next week. And I, I certainly expect to be active in it in free agency as well.
1: Well, it's one of those positions that I don't think, I I think there is some depth there in the draft, but I don't think it's great depth. And when you start talking about paying a corner, the problem is, is if you're going to go get a corner, you're usually going to be paying a lot of money to get one. Uh, There's guys out there like Chris Harris, who is going to be free agent and I think would love to play for Kansas city. He's from the Kansas city area, uh, or at least played at KU. So, you know, I think he would love to be here, but I don't know that they can afford him. And you start talking about some of the other guys, you know, Darius Slay, it sounds like is possibly somebody that they could be traded for. But again, he wants top of the market value. You can't afford to pay a guy like that.
0: Yeah. Because uh, with Slay, especially, I mean, you're not going to have to pay him pay with a draft pick, but you're going to have, would have to pay him when he gets here too. Um, And if with everything else that we've talked about with, you know, the situation with Chris Jones and wanting to get a Patrick Mahomes extension done, I mean, there's going to be a limit on how much you can spend. I mean, you can still make almost anything work, uh, but if you're going to make a big time investment in a cornerback, it means you're going to have to cut back somewhere else. And, you know, and you know what, a position group that that could be ripe for that as far as a lot of turnover that you might not be expecting
1: might be offensive line. Yep. And that's kind of why I'm, that's kind of why I was, you know, happy you mentioned, you know, guys like Fisher and LDT and Irving. I don't think Fisher's going to be gone. Kansas City was actually undefeated when he was in the lineup last yep. year. Yep. So I think he is a huge part of what they have planned going forward. I don't think he's going anywhere, but maybe they do give him an extension and try to get a lower number. Uh, But, you know, guys like Reader and Ryder and guys like LDT and, you know, obviously, Andrew Wiley, I think, will be back because I think he's his exclusive rights reagent, agent uh, which gives him the ability to bring him back on the cheap. Uh, I don't know that he's going to be a starter. Uh, you know, Steven Wisniewski, I don't think, will be here next year, although the, I suppose that's a possibility, but only at the right price. Uh, you know, defensive line, you start talking about defensive tackle, if you're going to pay Chris Jones, uh, I don't think that keeps you from keeping a guy like Mike Pinnell because nobody wanted Pinnell last year, so I can't imagine that he's going to be somebody to, that's going to be very expensive to sign.
0: Yeah, you know, and especially because a guy like Pinnell, he really, really wants to stay in Kansas City. Yeah, too. That's huge. So, yeah, that's huge. I mean, so you got to think there's a possibility that maybe they they could get him maybe below market value for that. And and like you said, I mean, it's he also understands something that like a Terrell Suggs learned as well, which is that grass isn't always greener. You know, Mike Pinnell left the Jets for the Patriots, and you'd think that's dream scenario. But you know what? He just didn't fit there, and but that doesn't mean he's not a good player. Terrell Suggs didn't fit in in Arizona. Doesn't mean he's not a good player. You just need the right environment, and you need the right the place that's right for you. And Mike yeah. Pinnell found that in Kansas City. So you got to think that you know he would love to stay here. I know that from talking to him. Then does the presence of a Mike Pinnell, if he re- comes back, how does that affect maybe another guy that would love to stay in Kansas City, Xavier Williams? I
1: can't see he's back. That's hard.
0: You know, to fit two guys like that in. Yeah, I think that's hard to do, especially when you got young guys like Derek Naughty and Colin Saunders there, too.
1: Right. And then you start talking about a guy like Terrell Suggs. And I'm not saying I think Suggs comes back because I don't. But you start talking about that position group. You know, you have Harris that's going to be there. You have, um, you know, you have Alex Okafor who will come back from injury. You have Frank Clark. You have Tano Passanio. And don't forget, you have a guy in Breland Speaks that didn't play at all. And that doesn't even get you to Emmanuel Ogba, who looked very good during the season, and I think that they would like to bring him back. The question is: is can they afford to bring him back? Because honestly, what you'd want to do with a guy like Ogba is give him a prove it deal, but I don't know that they can afford to.
0: Yeah, that that I think is pretty intriguing. I mean, there's some. I, I don't expect, you know. I think we've talked about in the past with the CBA deal. It's unique in that this season, teams can use both a franchise tag and a transition tag. Yep. And now I'm I, I, looking at it. I still don't think that there's any ideal candidate for the Chiefs to use the transition tag because that's still a big number. I mean, for defensive end, I think that that number is still like 15 million dollars for the transition tag. Um. So that would be a big number to commit to Emmanuel Agba for one season. Now, if you do, hey, if you did, let's just play out that scenario. You did put a tag on him for a transition tag and you franchise tag Chris Jones. Hey, you could still have the option to work out a, uh, you know, a a longer term deal with Agba that would negotiate that number down. You could trade him. I mean, there's things you could do. But coming off an injury. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a big commitment for one season, especially when, you know, you're already strapped up against the cap. But outside of that, I mean, I've heard Kendall Fuller suggested as maybe a transition tag. I think that's that's still for that number. I think that's probably still too much for him, well, uh, especially. Yeah, is he a corner? Is he a safety? I mean, you got to figure that one out too. Um, but it well, would still I'm, come I'm sure out.
1: He would argue that he's a corner. Although what you're saying is, you know, obviously the team would try to argue a safety, but I don't think they'd win that argument because he played corner so much during the season. So.
0: And I think that number still comes out to like 9 or 10 million. So that's still a pretty big number for transition tag. So I don't see the Chiefs using both of them. But you know what? Hey, if right scenario comes up and they think that this buys them some time, those are probably sleeper picks for that that possibility.
1: Well, and see, that's the fascinating part of this offseason to me, because you're going to have, and I, I know we're talking Chiefs and that's fine, but you have teams like Dallas. And Dallas is sitting there with Dak Prescott, who they're going to franchise. And you would think that they'd want to use a transition tag on somebody like Amari Cooper or maybe Byron Jones. Well, OK, if they do that and or if Kansas City does it with Chris Jones or Kendall, and Kendall Fuller or Chris Jones and and a guy like Emmanuel Ogba, which I think over at 15 million, I think it's overpriced at Ogba. But I get where you're going with that. The question to me is, what happens if a new CBA is struck before free agency starts? because then you don't have one.
0: Yeah, I I'm, my understanding is that it's going to be dependent upon the tag deadline and so if if by the tag deadline which is what March 8th, don't quote me on that. I don't have the calendar in front I think of me. That's it's right. early March. Um I I think it's going to be dependent. I don't think the tag would go away after that. Um I mean, if if the CBA is done in April, I don't think that the transition tag automatically gets washed away. Um, But it's it's peculiar enough that I mean, I haven't seen anybody ask that question specifically. and I think it's a legitimate question to ask uh, because there are so many different moving parts to this and a lot of confusion on. I think even the team's parts about how it's all going to work this offseason.
1: Absolutely. Well, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, I do want to get back into talking about the combine and what you're looking forward to, you know, really covering next week.
2: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: All right, so you are going to be in Indianapolis, and you're going to when do you when do you leave?
0: I am heading down on Monday because uh, everything starts up, you know, bright and early Tuesday morning. Um, that's when the tight ends, wide receivers, and quarterbacks will have their media availability. Um, don't, not expecting the Chiefs to be interested in the quarterback, if anybody is thinking that. But oh,
1: come on, why not?
0: <laughs> but mean, they, don't have, they don't
1: have one. Anybody behind Chris? They don't have anybody behind Patrick Mahomes right now. <laughs> that's
0: true. They don't. Well, hey, you know, you got. Got Kyle Shermer on the roster, man. Don't don't over do don't yeah, over look Kyle, uh. But not. Nah, they I,
1: want a veteran. I think they're going to go find somebody if they can't get uh Matt uh, Ryan. And I actually talk about this. I think they get Matt Moore, but we'll have to see.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I mean, I think they want they'll probably would, would take more over Henny, but it might just be a case of you know whichever one's amenable. Right. Uh, but receiver is an interesting position. I think that's even with the investment in, in McCole Hardman um you you think that there's a good chance that they're going to lose to Marcus Robinson um you know you don't know about Sammy Watkins he could be gone so that might be a position of investment um it's probably going to be later in the week on Thursday the defensive linemen and linebackers are having their day on um, Friday it's defensive backs um linebacker and, and defensive back is is i think pretty interesting position group there Chiefs. Obviously, I think they're, they're set at starter for safety, but I, I think they could still be in the market for some backups. Uh, maybe that you look in the draft for that solution. They've got some free agents there. Maybe they, they get some stuff done there. Um, defensive line, I don't think there's a ton of you know room necessarily for a newcomer, but linebacker—that's uh, a position I think they could hit pretty hard early.
1: Absolutely. And that's going to be something to watch over the next couple of weeks because they have a decision to make with whether or not they're going to bring back Wilson. Uh, He is going to be due, I think, close to four million dollars, if I'm if I remember correctly. Uh, So they have to make that decision. They cannot move on. Well, I guess technically they could, but they would only save seventy five thousand if they moved on from Anthony Hitchens after this year or after this past season. So uh, I don't think they're going to be making a move that direction. But Ragland, I can't see back. He just doesn't fit what they want to do on defense, I don't think. And Lee is not going to be back. He didn't fit early in the season either.
0: Yeah, I mean, Ragland's an interesting possibility because I, I think he they did finally find a, a niche and a role for him. But, you know, it's somewhat limited because he's not a huge special teams guy. Um, and I think that there's a reasonable chance that there's going to be you know some teams out there who see Reggie Ragland as somebody that they can really squeeze in. It probably has a little bit more value to them than he does to the Chiefs. So I think he might surprise you in the kind of deal that he might be able to find. Um, You're right. I mean, I I think Wilson is is pretty affordable for what the Chiefs at least need in the short term. Right. Um, They like what he gave them. I mean, it's. I think Wilson proved this season that he, he is what he was in Dallas, which is a, a really good, you know, kind of part-time linebacker. And He filled that role pretty well, and he's affordable. Um, you're right, Hitchens isn't going anywhere. But after that, you've got nothing but questions and holes to fill. And this team needs to start looking for the next Anthony Hitchens because, uh, you know, he's not necessarily going to be there forever. He's not the long-term solution, I don't think.
1: Well, And, and, and they, don't have long, they don't
0: have a long-term solution at linebacker right now.
1: Right, and Dorian O'Daniel hardly played last year, um, so you can't imagine that they're going to go that direction. Uh, and you're right, Wilson played well for for what he's getting paid, and I'm not saying that they're going to move on from him necessarily, but if they need to you know, make some cap room, that would not be one that would make a little bit of sense. Although, what you're really going to have a problem with is how many linebackers are you going to draft? Because I don't think Ben Neiman is a guy that can step in and start. I don't think he want him as a starter. I think he's fine in the role he plays. But as a starter, I don't think you want to go there. So I think you would want to find a linebacker this year and then probably next year. So maybe, you know, or, or maybe two this year. So you can try to, you know, get ahead and, and maybe get ready for Hitchens next year. Uh, but a lot of questions in that regard.
0: Yeah. And, and and you know what? This is not a slam against, you know, Dorito Daniel, because I think he's come in and been largely what the Chiefs thought he might be, which is a a really good special teams player. They're still trying to see if he can be that, you know, a guy that can come in and give him specific, you know, plays on at linebacker. But, you know, they never really truly portrayed him as a guy who was going to come out and be an everyday, every down linebacker. They they saw him as a chess piece. I think that's the one phrase you don't want to hear the Chiefs say at linebacker this year because they don't need a chess piece. They need a thumper. They need a guy who can patrol from side to side. Hit hit some people, bring some well, we, guys down, force some turnovers.
1: But if they needed a thumper, they could keep he, they could keep Ragland. And I do think that Ragland's going to get a deal somewhere. I'm not saying he doesn't have value. I just don't see the value in Kansas City for what he is able to do. Well, uh, he does. He doesn't have the speed to be able to do what Kansas City's defense needs him to be able to do. Yeah, they
0: need a they need a Derek Johnson, and they don't have a Derrick Johnson on this roster right now.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I know we didn't mention that we we're going to talk about this, but I have to ask the question because it, it keeps getting talked about. What are your thoughts on Eric Bieniemy and the Colorado job?
0: You know, I, I heard someone say a nifty phrase, which sounds nice, which is, you know, if you want to be a head coach, go be a head coach. I don't think it applies in this scenario, <laughs> because I think that if you want to be an NFL head coach, you don't go to Colorado, you go be an NFL head coach. Well, yeah, I
1: thought, I think I know who said that, but I'm not 100% sure. it's that. not, a,
0: like I said, it's not a slam against a saying. It's kind of nifty. I mean, but, you know, but I, I don't think it applies here. I mean, I, I he, hey, if he, if he just wants to be a head coach, if he likes Colorado and he likes working with young kids, let, Eric Bambi should be able to do what he wants to do. Now, but if he wants to be an NFL head coach, this is the wrong move. It's not, I don't think it's the r- right thing to do because one, the only way you go from colorado to an nfl head coaching job is if you kick butt and he's just nobody's i think going to go to colorado and kick butt so
1: well I, yeah i mean what 5 years before he could have a chance to kick butt probably yeah
0: and you know and there's there's more things that he can do in kansas city to you know one enhance his reputation you know two improve his coaching skill and three just wait for the market to come back i mean I, I, the NFL is an imitation league, and, you know, everybody's going for whatever is the hot commodity at this point. A year ago, everybody was just trying to find some a head coach who was 38 years old and had had coffee once with Sean McVay. Yep. This year, it's a similar thing. I mean, everybody's looking for a young, you know, 30-something offensive-minded coach. They're not looking for a 50-year-old motivator. But you know what? When these young coaches and offensive geniuses, you know, start flaming out, the pendulum is going to start swinging back. And when it swings back, it's going to swing back towards Eric Bietam.
1: And I have to ask this question, and Ryan and I talked about this on Wednesday a little bit, but I, I do think that him having a Super Bowl ring and sitting across from me wearing a Super Bowl ring is going to help him. But I have to ask the question to you because I brought this up and I'm curious your thoughts on it. Do you think that it's going to hurt that Kansas City is likely to be deep in the playoffs again next year? Do you think that that hurts his his ability to get a head coaching gig?
0: I I don't think it should. Well, um, I agree
1: it, it shouldn't, but I just wonder if it does.
0: I'll tell I mean, here's the thing. I mean, and, and, and this isn't, you know, a great thing for Eric Bieniemy. I mean, he wasn't want to hear it, but if if an NFL team won't hire you because you can't come coach for them until February, you don't want to work for that organization because they're idiots.
1: Well, I don't disagree with you. So at all there.
0: you know that I think it's 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 a little bit of a double edged sword. I mean, if that's the reason that you don't get a job, consider yourself lucky because that organization is is just lost. Um, I I still think that you know Benami is probably going to be helped in the one sense that there's going to be a lot of pressure on an NFL team next year to hire Eric Benami. And, you know, fair or not, or, you know, whether that's that's a good thing, that's a whole other debate. But there's going to be some pressure and that should probably help him. I think Andy Reid and the Chiefs can do a lot to enhance him as well. Um, and, and some of that is is just purely PR. And it's it's and maybe some of it is is working with BNME to, to, you know, kind of sand down whatever rough spots that organizations out there saw. Andy Reid's got friends all around the league. He can find out why it was that Eric Bieniemy didn't get hired this year and say, you know what, here's what you need to work on. This is what you need to do different next time. And maybe that will help. But like I said, I yeah, if I were him and I want to be an NFL head coach, don't go to Colorado. But if you just want to work with kids and you want to coach and you want to be the head guy in charge and have your your name on the line, sure, I mean, it's, it's an opportunity. And he loves it, to take advantage of opportunities, so go for it.
1: I understand the thought process of if you want to be a head coach, could be a head coach. But, God, there is so much difference between college football and NFL football and the job he would have to do. Uh, and, you know, my biggest thing was, why would you want to go take something when you have pretty much already lost next season? Because your recruiting is going to be crap. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's exactly. the hardest part. Yeah. That's
0: gonna really be hard and, and it's and it's all about recruiting. I mean, if, if and the has got experience with it. I mean, he's been in college, so he knows oh, what the he can't is. do it. I don't know if he wants to. I wouldn't exactly. want to recruit. I wouldn't want to recruit kids. Exactly. So I wouldn't blame him if he's like, no, I'm not recruiting college kids. No, that's just that's not my bag. I uh, wouldn't blame him. And he's got a really, really good job right now. So I don't, I wouldn't I wouldn't take a bad job. I mean, if he wants to go to college, frankly, I think there'd be better opportunities down the road,
1: but yep. if I were, yeah, him, I, I,
0: if I were him, I wouldn't do it, but
1: yeah. And I'm, and I'm with you. I think that if he's going to get it, I think he's going to get a head coaching job next year. I don't think that there's going to be any chance that he doesn't. Uh, so I just don't see him making this move. And I know the the reporters in Colorado are still saying that he is the guy to beat. And I'm just sitting here going, I just, I can't see it. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for him.
0: It makes sense for Colorado, but no, I don't think it makes sense for him.
1: Absolutely. Matt, thank you so much. Tell people where they can find you and tell them about what you've added this year.
0: Yes, uh, you can go to ChiefsDigest.com and find pretty much everything that I've got going on, whether it's for Chiefs Digest or A ten whb in Kansas City or any of the other places that you can find my work from time to time. And yes, uh, have a book on the Chiefs championship season that you can get at TriumphBooks.com. Slash Chiefs win. And just a little heads up, I think we're going to have a little surprise for locked on Chiefs listeners here where you can get a, a, a discount coming up here pretty soon. So, yep. uh, yeah, so you pick really up.
1: if you, you want you. to pick it
0: up, we want to pick it up. It's going to be available and it's out there right now. So um, in bookstores and anywhere books are sold in the Kansas City area, and you can find it online as well.
1: Matt, we really appreciate you coming on, and and be sure you go check out his book because that is going to be something to to have uh, going forward. This is your second book now, uh, so you're going to try to become an author? Is that where you're headed now?
0: Uh, if Hey, if anybody buys them and we actually make some money <laughs> doing this, hey, let's go for it.
1: Fair enough. Well, Matt, you enjoy The Combine next week. I uh, really appreciate you coming on, and Ryan and I will be back with you guys on Monday. We're going to have a lot to talk about at The Combine. And probably going to try to talk Matt into getting uh, some audio from the combine as well. So, Matt, thank you again. Absolutely. Great talking to you, Chris. All right. And we'll be back next week and have a good weekend. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there.
0: Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review
1: at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform.